listening to In Tune, a podcast series featuring equity research analysts from BMO Capital Markets. Our shows explore key emerging themes, trends, and issues which are important to our institutional clients globally. Every quarter, our equity research team releases the best of BMO, which is a compilation of our best North American stock ideas for the next 12 months. Essentially, it's an idea book. Today, we bring you the top ideas for the next year from our global metals and mining franchise. A bit of a speed intro into all the names that we have picked out for the best of BMO idea. I'm Camilla Sutton, MD in equity research. And if you're interested in mining, well, then we've got quite the episode for you today. Let's dive right into it. We have most of our team with us today, including Dave Gagliano, Alex Pierce, Jackie Perbolowski, Brian Quast, Andrew Mikachuk, Renee Karche, Raj Ray, and Ryan Thompson. Dave, let's kick it off with you. You have held the same best idea for a couple quarters now. Why don't you walk us through it? All right, great. Thanks, Camilla. Among the U.S. covered names this quarter, we have once again chosen Arch Resources as our best of BMO selection. I think it's the fourth consecutive quarter we've chosen Arch. Just some background on Arch quickly. Arch is the second largest U.S. coal producer behind Peabody Energy. About 70% of Arch's EBITDA comes from Met Coal that goes into steelmaking. The remaining 30% comes from thermal coal that goes into electricity generation. Arch has a pristine balance sheet, essentially no debt, and a very large cash balance relative to the size of the company. Arch just finished a major capital spending cycle in 2021, centered around developing its Lear South Greenfield Met Coal operation, which in turn positions the company to grow its Met volumes by over 20% in 2023, after increasing 5% in 2022, while CapEx declines meaningfully with no major upcoming spending projects, spending plans, that kind of thing. Meanwhile, Arch's thermal coal operations are low cost. They're well-capitalized surface mines in the U.S. Powder River Basin. Arch plans to continue to eventually wind these operations down over time, along with the expected secular decline in thermal coal demand. But these thermal operations remain free cash flow self-sufficient and, in our view, are positioned to contribute nicely to overall cash generation during this extended wind-down period. There's really two main reasons we still like Arch. Number one, capital allocation, and number two, valuation. First, capital allocation. Arch has a very clear, well-defined capital return plan basically centers around returning all of its free cash flow to shareholders, which we think is an excellent approach given the secular headwinds facing this industry. Specifically, Arch pays out 50% of prior quarter's free cash flows in the form of special dividends and returning the remaining 50% in the form of buybacks. So far in 2022, Arch has paid out about 25 bucks a share in dividends. And starting in 3Q 2022, Arch bought back 2.3% of shares outstanding. Looking ahead, Arch has already indicated it intends to nearly double the pace of buybacks in the fourth quarter, i.e. buy back 4 to 5% of the shares outstanding. And then overall, we estimate Arch will generate $870 million in free cash flow from 4Q22 through year-end 2023, which translates to about a 30% 15-month free cash flow yield. We estimate this will translate to potential variable dividends of about $20 a share from 4Q22 through year-end 23, and separately potential buybacks of 10 to 15% by year end 2023. So when you add it all up, it adds up to total capital returns of about 25 to 35% over the next five quarters for a company that has already proven its ability and its willingness to execute on these returns in the last year. 
By the way, we do think this will continue in 2024. We have a current 2024 free cash flow yield of about 10%. Most importantly, all of these numbers are based on underlying met and thermal price assumptions that are about 20 to 40% below current prices. In other words, we're already assuming underlying prices decline meaningfully, i.e. increasingly conservative price assumptions, hence increasingly conservative capital return estimates. Second reason we like Arch is valuation. This tends to be a one and two year forward EV to EBITDA world. And Arch shares continue to trade exceptionally low one and two year forward EV to EBITDA multiples. The stock's trading at 2.1 times our 23 EBITDA estimate and 4.1 times our 24 EBITDA estimate. And again, those are both based on meaningfully lower than current price forecasts. We have $185 target price on Arch, which still represents only about 2.8 times 23 EBITDA and five and a half times 24 EBITDA. So to wrap it up from my side, in our view, Arch represents the most compelling combination of capital return potential, attractive valuation, and favorable risk reward in terms of the underlying commodity price assumptions. That's it for me. Dave, there's a lot there. Thanks so much for joining us. Alex, over to you. You introduce a brand new idea this quarter. Thanks, Camilla. I cover the global diversified majors, European base metals, iron ore, and uranium equities out of London. As we near year end, there are signs of growing optimism in the market on China reopening. However, there still remains enough uncertainty in our view to have an overall preference for the higher quality and lower cost producers at this stage. We believe the pick of the bunch right now is BHP. We rated outperform with a £28 target, which offers the best overall risk reward for three key reasons. First off, BHP is the world's largest mining company and runs some of the biggest and lowest cost mining operations globally, and they're largely in established safe jurisdictions. In an inflationary environment, as we're seeing right now, this company is less likely to be impacted by inevitable cost increases in our view, and that maintains expanded margins for longer and keeps elevated cash flow even if the China reopen story takes longer than expected. The second point is it offers the most attractive mix of near-term and long-term cash generation through its favorable commodity exposure in our view. Copper remains one of our preferred commodities in the longer term. However, iron ore is actually a great way to play the sequential China improvement into 2023. And ongoing elevated coal prices help underpin strong near-term cash flow. For this company, we forecast EBITDA margins to remain in the high 50% through fiscal 23 and even into 24. Finally, whilst the stock has performed well over the last month on growing positive China sentiment, it still continues to trade on attractive multiples. We have near-term EV EBITDA five times and above average dividend yields. They're five, six, seven percent near-term. Given its size and quality and a strong leadership team, as well as this focus on increasing exposure to future-facing commodities, we believe this company should continue to trade higher into next year and expand its premium over its peers. Alex, thank you for that. You tell a great story. Jackie, tell us what you see as the best idea in your copper and gold world. Thanks, Camilla. I'm Jackie Price-Bolowski, Senior Canadian Base and Precious Metals Analyst. My top picks are Barrick Gold and Aero Copper. As we wrote in our recent Themes from the Road marketing recap, the market is still very cautious on equities going into 2022 year-end reporting season. The next few weeks or months could have a very binary outcome. China reopening could happen sooner or later. Drivers of gold could be positive or negative, including inflation and stagflation, continued strong or weakening U.S. dollar, and global conflict. And beyond the uncertain outlook for the macro and the commodities, the uncertainty around the equities might be even worse. Company commentary has broadly shifted from transitory inflation to expectations that higher costs will be more persistent in 2023. 
Labor is obviously sticky, and while input costs for fuel, explosives, steel, and other consumables are coming down, companies are generally holding higher levels of critical inventories during this period of supply chain disruptions. These inventories will take time to work through. The uncertainty around the Russia-Ukraine conflict and potential higher fuel consumption in a China reopening scenario also means it's probably premature to assume fuel and other costs will fall and stay low through 2023. Uncertainty means that investors want some exposure to the sector, but not in the most risky or liquid names. With these trends in mind, our top picks are chosen for reasonable valuation, lower guidance risk because some numbers are already reported, and names which have catalysts or reasons to buy. Our top picks remain Barrick Gold and Aerocopper. Barrick has limited its downside risk by pre-releasing much of the 2023 and five-year guidance at its recent investor day. On balance, this is not a low-risk company, but in our view, Barrick's most risky development projects, including Recodic, Pascualama, and Donlin, are well into the future and do not present meaningful risk to balance sheet or cash flows today. Barrick is poised for a re-rating on perceived improvement of its operations. The company has been re-engaged in fundamental work to develop more rigorous geologic models and mine plans across operations. As this work is nearing conclusion, we expect that Barrick can turn its attention to optimization and value creation across its asset base. Finally, the margin squeeze that's expected across the industry in 2023 could be relatively positive for Barrick. A rising tide might have lifted all boats over the past few years, but difficult market conditions are expected to highlight Barrick's more efficient and disciplined operating model. Aerocopper is well-positioned for low-risk, near-term copper growth, which will build on recent successes in mine life extension and asset optimization. Beyond the near-term growth at Tucuma, Aero's assets boast significant optionality, which the company continues to pursue, and which we expect will drive the next waves of growth. Aero's focus on optionality allows the company to react quickly to new information and changing market conditions. A pivot to the high-grade project Honeypot could allow for some development capex to be deferred, protecting the balance sheet without negative impact to near-term production or costs. And Arrow recently released an updated life of main plan for Kariba, which limits the negative surprises we're expecting from this operation in the company's upcoming 2023 guidance update. Regional exploration continues to be exciting and could be material catalyst through 2023 as Arrow follows up on recently discovered nickel sulfide system at Kariba. We expect aggressive exploration through the next year could significantly reshape the company's production and expansion plans over the next few years. And with that, I'll pass it back to you, Camilla. Brian, what is your best of BMO pick for your gold coverage? Hi, everybody. This is uh, Brian Cross, and my best of BMO idea is B2 Gold. The reason that we like B2 Gold so much is that the Ficola asset is a world-class asset, and it continues to grow and impress. Not only do we expect them to meet guidance in Q4 of 2022, implying a record quarter for production. We also expect that in Q2 of next year, they will be able to produce a technical report that will show a 10-year mine life of over a million ounces of production. That type of growth, while not necessarily factored into the price yet, is very impressive for a company of this size, already starting from a 1 million ounce basis. They're a Canadian intermediate gold company. They've got a great growth profile and the three mines that they have are in Mali. That's the Fakola mine that I just mentioned, Maspati in the Philippines and Ojikoto in Namibia. On a valuation basis, our $7 price target is based on a 1.6 times NAV and a 8 times next 12 month cash flow multiple. 
And the stock currently trades at 1.5 times NAV and 6.1 times near-term cash flow, which is a slight discount to the group. And with that, thank you very much. Sticking with gold, Andrew, can you walk us through your best of BMO? Thank you, Camilla. So West Dome is our top pick. This is a growing gold producer operating in the Canadian provinces of Ontario and Quebec. The company has a long-term track record of reliable operations at its Eagle River mine in Ontario and is conducting a restart of the Kiana mine in Quebec. Operational issues at Kiana, largely related to the pandemic and supply chain issues, have impacted the stock throughout 2022. We view these recent issues as creating a solid entry point for investors since we expect operations to improve throughout 2023 and facilitate longer-term organic production growth. Before we get into these details, I'll go through a quick overview of West Home's operations. The Eagle Mine is an underground high-grade gold mine located in northern Ontario. West Home has owned and operated the mine for over 20 years, turning the operation to a reliable cash generator. The company is guiding for 85 to 95,000 ounces of gold in 2022. One of the main themes for West Dome as a company is its ability to generate organic production growth. At Eagle River, the company is achieving this through exploration within and around the mine. The most notable recent exploration success has been the discovery of the Falcon Zone, a high-grade area near existing mine infrastructure that West Dome recently began mining. Importantly, the Falcon Zone is both separate from other working areas of the mine, meaning that it can be extracted without creating bottlenecks in busy areas of the mine, and it is open for expansion. Westrom continues to drill Falcon and other areas near it, and we see further upside to expand this new mining area. Between Falcon and the other targets at Eagle River, in our view, Westrom has leveraged to increase mine life and production from the mine over the medium term. Westrom's second asset is the Kiana Mine in Quebec. Kiana is also a high-grade underground mine, one that operated historically, and that Westrom is restarting after discovering additional resources at depth. Westrom started mining Kiana in late 2021, and recently declared commercial production at the mine. The company is in the process of developing underground infrastructure to access the deeper, higher-grade part of the mine called the Deep A Zone. Once fully ramped up, Kiana will produce approaching 100,000 ounces per year. This would roughly double West Dome's production profile. This organic growth is central to our top pick designation. As we mentioned earlier, the restart at Kiana has been slowed by labor and supply chain availability issues. As a result, we expect 2023 to be a year of incremental improvements as the company lays the groundwork for a significant production increase from Kiana in 2024. In our view, after delays at Kiana impacted the stock in 2022, West Dome has reached an inflection point, making for an attractive entry point into the stock. West Dome is one of the few companies under our coverage that is both a producing gold miner and has meaningful near-term production growth. Importantly, we expect the company to fund its growth without the need for an equity contribution. At Kiana, just like at Eagle River, West Dome has significant exploration leverage. The company continues to define new zones of mineralization within and around Deep A. Discoveries here are all the more meaningful because they are located near planned mine infrastructure, likely making incremental cost to extract these additional ounces enviably low. Additional discoveries in shallower areas near the mine also provide strong leverage. In our view, West Dome has shown a track record of a consistent exploration success, and the exploration potential for both Kiana and Eagle River combine from another avenue of organic growth for West Dome beyond the scope of the known resources. With two high-grade gold mines, a growing production profile, and significant exploration leverage, we expect West Dome shares to have a strong performance over the medium term. Thank you. Thanks for that, Andrew. Renee, let's switch course a bit. What is your best of BMO idea? Thanks, Camilla. We recently had the opportunity to attend a capstone copper site tour 
of the Chilean assets, so I thought it would be a good opportunity to discuss a few of the details and highlight why, amongst the smaller to medium-sized copper producers, it's our preferred name and our best of BMO selection. Following the combination between capstone mining and Mantos Copper, this was effectively the first time the company has been able to showcase these assets. So in essence, it was more of a coming out party given they were privately held. Overall, the Chilean assets represent almost 70% of our project NAV, and over the next several years, an increasing proportion of the portfolio production, as well as supporting the lowering of the company cost profile, leading to stronger cash flow generation. Firstly, at Mantos Blancos, following the completion of the debottlenecking project and change in some of the members of the site management team, this is a mine that is really starting to hit its stride. Put into context, the operation was averaging above design levels over 20 of 27 planned operating days in October, and this should really start to drive more meaningful cash flow. With additional capacity already built in at site, we think a low-risk brownfield expansion is likely, a modest CapEx, high IIR project. The strength in Capstone's balance sheet allows the company to move ahead with these types of projects, and although not formally sanctioned, we have now included an expansion in our estimate. Secondly, Manto Verde is the big growth project currently underway. On the project progress, the Manto Verde development project was roughly 69% complete, with wet commissioning and ramp-up targeted in Q4 23. In an environment of inflationary pressures, the project is on budget, a significant portion of the capital costs are fixed, and we think there's a low risk of overages, especially as oil prices have started to roll over and as the Chilean peso weakens. Given the large resource potential and underexplored land package, we think a future expansion is likely, and although we haven't included this in our estimates at this time, this highlights the embedded optionality. With these two mines, as well as the Cozumel and Pinto Valley operations, while we expect 2023 will be an improvement over 2022 in terms of production, 2024 is really setting up to be a big step change for the company. Compared to the point of the combination, you're going to see a roughly 40% increase in copper production and a significant drop in the cost profile with the Manto Verde development project complete. Capstone has a strong balance sheet and is well-equipped to complete its growth projects while also advancing incremental opportunities. Beyond the mining cost pressures that many of you have heard about, and where we have seen some easement, the main concerns related to Capstone have been associated with the Chilean government changing taxes and royalties, which have been walked back rather meaningfully, and are more likely to be lenient than more harsh, and concerns with respect to a large block seller are secondary, particularly with Orion where the lockup ends in March 2023, though we think there could be large institutions willing to step in for those shares. So overall, attractive valuation metrics on a comparable basis, a strong balance sheet, strength and management team, contained capital projects, an increasing copper production profile, a lowering future cost outlook, and potential upside from district synergies to be unlocked, set up Capstone as the go-to SMID copper producer amongst our coverage and our best of BMO pick with manageable overhangs in our view. Sounds like a solid pick, Renee. Raj, you've held strong with your best idea for a few quarters now. Walk us through it. Thanks, Camilla. Uh, my name is Raj Ray. I cover the precious metal uh, companies based out of London. For investors looking for a high-quality asset portfolio, strong growth profile, and exposure to emerging economies, we would highlight Endeavor Mining. Uh, we have a Canadian $36 target price, which translates to a 32% total return. Endeavor is a senior gold producer with uh, six producing assets spread across West Africa. 
on a relative basis, Endeavor has outperformed its peers. And looking forward into 2023, we believe the company is well positioned to continue to outperform. Our three key reasons for that. One, a robust operating portfolio following solid year-to-date operational performance in 2022. The company seems well positioned for another strong year in 2023 with all operations performing as per expectations. For 2022, Endeavor has guided for production of around 1.3 to 1.4 million ounces at all in sustaining cost of $880 to $930 an ounce and remains well on track to achieve guidance. Looking forward to 2023, we should expect similar levels of production and more importantly, relative to its peers, Endeavor has been better able to keep costs under control, driven by a mix of operational efficiencies and flexibility in combination with favorable currency exposure and lower competitiveness for labor in the jurisdiction the company operates in. Going to a second reason, Endeavor has one of the best low capital intensity growth profile in the business. The company is currently constructing two projects, Sabadala Masawa Phase 2 in Senegal and Lafigue in Cote d'Ivoire. They also recently announced a 3 million ounce maiden resource discovery for the Greenfield Tendai-Guela project in Cote d'Ivoire. In 2021, Endeavor announced a target of discovering 15 to 20 million ounces indicated resources across its portfolio between 2021 and 2025. And the company is well on track to deliver on that target. Finally, a key consideration for gold equity investors is the company's ability to deliver competitive shareholder return. And given Endeavor's solid balance sheet with cash of over 830 million US and net cash of roughly break even as of Q322, we believe Endeavor will be comfortably able to maintain its dividend yield of around 3% and potentially increase that while delivering on its growth project. A last word on valuation and key risks. On price to NAV, Endeavor trades at 1.3 times versus peer average at 1.5. And on price to 2023 cash flow per share, Endeavor trades at 5.8 times versus peer average at eight times. Our current target price is based on the peer average multiple, but do we believe that the company should trade at a premium to peers? Well, given Endeavor's high quality asset portfolio, strong growth profile, well-liked management and robust balance sheet, we would say absolutely. However, the company's significant exposure to Burkina Faso with over 50% of 2022 production coming from the jurisdiction means a constant headline risk given the recent political uncertainty and security challenges in the country. Now, the reason we say headline risk because the operations continue to perform without any material interruption. However, investors would like to see that exposure diluted over the next two to three years. And we do believe looking at Endeavor's growing portfolio in other safer jurisdictions in West Africa like Senegal and Cote d'Ivoire, the exposure to Burkina should be decreased to less than 40% over the next couple of years. In the interim, we believe the company should at least trade closer to peer average. And as the jurisdictional profile starts to improve, we expect Endeavor to start to get the premium multiple. Thank you. Uh, that's it from me. Thanks, Raj. Ryan, you're our anchor here, our final best of BMO idea. I'm curious to hear what you have in store. Yeah, thanks a lot, Camilla. We're continuing to maintain SSR mining as our top pick. Uh, generally speaking, we tend to have a bias towards quality, and we think that's even more important just given the high volatility that we're seeing in both the macro environment and in the gold price. And I think Jackie alluded to that in her top pick as well. We view SSR as the highest quality company in, in our coverage, just given its diversified portfolio of four producing assets, its track record of consistent execution, its strong balance sheet, and also a rational management team. 
On the execution front, SSR has established a track record of meeting or exceeding its guidance. This year was a bit of an anomaly for them, just given the temporary suspension that they had at Chopler in Q3. But we think that the company is now back on its front foot with Chopler restarted at the end of the quarter. Uh, just turning to the balance sheet, SSR reported a Q3 cash balance of $750 million, uh, which puts it in a net cash position of about $330 million. And that gives it the, the strongest balance sheet in my coverage world. Uh, in mining, we generally think that success begets success. A strong balance sheet is essential to weather the macro turbulence and operational challenges, such as the ones that Chilbler faced in Q3. In our view, the company has taken a balanced approach to its capital allocation strategy. It has used its cash to return cash to shareholders and invest in its growth. SSR pays a base dividend of $0.28 per share per year, and it has also been active on the share repurchase front. Since initiating its NCIB in 2021, the company has repurchased an additional $250 million worth of stock in the open market. In addition to capital returns, SSR has used its cash to increase its ownership in the Chopper joint venture and also increase its land holdings around CB. Just switching gears a bit to the outlook for the company, Earlier in 2022, the company provided the market with a three-year outlook on its production profile, which is not something many companies in our coverage provide. SSR expects to produce in excess of 700,000 gold equivalent ounces without the requirement for material capital investments. We think investors appreciate the added visibility of a stable production profile uh, looking out into the medium term. So just to conclude here, I wanted to discuss some of the potential catalysts for the company outside of continuing to execute at its existing operations. In 2023, SSR plans to release key technical reports to the market, including a PFS for the C2 project at Chopler, as well as a Marigold technical report, which will include the exploration success SSR has had at the operation. At CB, the company plans to release an exploration update highlighting near mine and regional exploration success with a continued focus on mineral reserve conversion to support the mine life extension. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ryan. It was a pleasure to hear all of your best of BMO ideas today. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to see more of our best ideas across more sectors, please look for our quarterly best of BMO report. BMO Capital Markets is proud to deliver thoughtful analysis of upcoming equity research trends through both this In Tune podcast as well as their commodity-specific Metal Matters, hosted by Colin Hamilton. If you enjoyed today's Intune podcast, please do subscribe and rate it. Thanks for listening to Intune, presented by BMO Capital Markets Equity Research. You can subscribe to Intune on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other podcast providers. Or visit our website at researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com to listen to more podcasts. Until next time, thank you for tuning in. To access our full disclosures, please visit researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com slash public dash disclosure.